Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his trusted assistant, Michael Pop, as they explore the intersection of faith, movies, and our contemporary context. Welcome back to Christ, Culture, and Cinema. How are you doing today, Michael? Not as well as I was uh, last Friday when I was all excited about the state tournament. It didn't go so well. There's the before state basketball tournament <laughs> and the after. Yeah, we, we had fun. We had fun. We won one game. It's such a nice way of nice boys. softening the blow. <laughs> Did not go yeah. as I, planned. I, I think it, the one ref summed it up. We're about to tip off our third game at the tournament. And mm-hmm. uh, one referee says to me, why does every other team have a big player and you don't? Yeah, we don't have any. Yeah, have we nice don't have kids. any tall kids in our school. <laughs> that would be a problem. Oh well. Well, I was Good out times. in. I was out there in lovely. How to go? Arizona. It was a busy week. It was an excellent week. A uh, little meeting, little family time with my daughter and son-in-law, uh, followed by best practices in ministry at Christ Church Lutheran in Phoenix. Big shout out to Jeff Schrank and his uh, congregation and crew. What an conference. What an amazing mm. event. Over 2,300 people. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did a sectional. No, no, no virus problems there. Yeah, no. It's over. It's, I think it's over. The, <laughs> as, as somebody from Colorado said, and I quote, the magic wind has blown through and everything is fine now. There we go. <laughs> There we go. I, but, uh, I did hear that you were wearing the lovely new Christ Culture and Cinema polo. Yes, I was, and did a uh, did a sectional on uh, the intersection of people podcasting and publishing, uh, which was very well received. Had about sixty five people show up to my sectional, which nice. uh, which was good. The only problem is I prepared for twenty five. So uh, it was a good slacker. problem to have. Yeah, slacker. Nice job. Well, that's why we that's had email right. and PDFs to send them the things there you go. I did not have for them. Well, certainly my my time out there was not heroic, but today we're going to consider uh, hero. You're becoming the uh, king of the segue. Uh, good. The segue, yes. Good. Uh, today, we're, today we're going to talk about uh, one of the Marvel Universe movies, Captain America the first Avenger. It's hard to believe it was released on July 19th of 2011. Where did the last 11 years go? It's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. And, you know, the cost of that movie uh, was estimated between 140 and $216.7 million. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. But at this point, the Marvel Universe is rolling along, and uh, I think they knew they were going to get a return on their investment. I would say so. You know, at the box office, $370.6 million. Yeah, and once again, uh, half of that was gross, American, Canada. Mm-hmm. Half was worldwide. I mean, yeah. it's incredible. Again, the uh, opening weekend, $65 million. And consider this movie is going to launch a character into the Marvel Universe. He is going to show up in all sorts of other movies, plus spin off a sequel of its own, Captain America, 
Civil War. Mm-hmm. His This character is going to be central in everything going forward all the way up to Endgame. Endgame. And the character lives. Yes, he does. <laughs> it, is... it might not be Chris Evans, but once again, we see that in... Uh... Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's right. It's amazing. It's MCU, baby. It's how we roll in MCU. Well, let's take a look. The director was Joe Johnston and uh, did a little digging here. He, uh, I did not realize he directed Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I was going Jumanji. And of course. 95. Robin Williams. Old school Jumanji. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's not forget another little, uh, little endeavor he did. Jurassic Park 3. Yeah. That world's still going. Jurassic yeah. World, yeah. And we have yet to do any of those, have we? Nope. Wow, I think that, we... Do, we... do we get to talk about dinosaurs on Christ Culture and Cinema? I mean, you know... Well, why not? We talked about <laughs> zombies. <laughs> yeah, my, my son was questioning me. He's getting into the uh, dinosaurs now. Yeah. Uh, Good times. We could do that. We could certainly do that. And the Jurassic Park movies and Jurassic World, they're just a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. You oh, know, yeah, and, just a, and we're going to see that come up here in a few characters. Yeah. yeah, boatload of fun. Let's take a look at the characters and the actors and actresses. Of course, playing Captain America uh, is Chris Evans. Uh, now, Chris Evans is known for, of course, this role, uh, but most recently, Knives Out, uh, Gifted, uh, Fantastic Four. He was big in that. Yeah. Flame on. Who who would mem- who remembers that you yeah. know? And well, he, then, he was a lot smaller. He played the the stealth character there, not the muscles. Well, this is well. He played the Human Torch. Yeah, you know he, so. he bulked up for uh, Captain America. But and, but you're missing the uncredited one. Oh, it's come. Well, what which one are you going with? Don't look up. Oh, this is right. He, yeah. I mean, we just did it. He yeah. was in a, he had an uncredited role in Don't Look Up. That's true. But the one I was going to go with is he is going to be the new voice. Of Buzz Lightyear. I did see that. That's Isn't right. that awesome? <laughs> oh, my word. That is so kinda good. Kind of fits. Kinda oh. fits. Well, it sure does, you know. Captain America, Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. It's all good. Uh, playing his best friend, Bucky Barnes, is Sebastian Stan. Now, I love the movies that he shows up. And, of course, he's going to be in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, the yeah, MCU, the MCU universe stuff. stuff. Right. We know that. But, but he's in I, Tanya, which we need to do. We should have <laughs> oh, done that boy. for the Winter Olympics, you know? Uh, I, Tanya would have been good. Uh, that might be sacrilegious to do that for the Olympics. Yeah, this is true. Uh, how about The Martian? Martian. Uh, and here's one that's right now. I believe it's on Netflix. I've yet to watch it, but my wife and I are definitely tuning in. Uh, Pamela and Tommy. The Pam and Tommy story. I uh, <clears throat> I heard that's a uh, little little risque. Well, a little it, risque. It's, I, uh, it's I, a, I, I was gonna look into that a little bit, and uh, yeah. let's just say I I don't I don't need to see naked men. No, well we so, could we could. You know, that's why have God. To watch that. That's why God has given us the fast forward. The fast but forward. The, but the story, and I remember that whole story. Oh, it was incredible. I mean, it's just what was going on? Crazy, and, right? And I, I mean, talk about raunchy movies. Uh, I was gonna say Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, he was in Sebastian yes. Stan. There you, know. you go. So, not a one we're going to do on Christ Culture and Cinema. We will not be doing Hot Tub Time Machine or, or Pam and Tommy. Yeah. Well, I don't think we'll be doing Pam and Tommy <laughs> either. But I am interested in that story a little bit because I remember when that all broke. And just imagine how different that story would have been oh. if 
the internet were the thing yeah. it is today. Yeah, the internet changed uh, through that. I think yeah. that's how they finally were able to distribute it, right? Because they didn't have releases yeah. from Pam and Tommy. But the internet took care of some Oh, of the internet. Yes. Let's hear it for the internet. Next playing Peggy Carter or Agent Carter is uh, uh, Haley Atwell. And, you know, she would do the MCU show Agent Carter. Uh, but she's also in Mission Impossible 7. Good one. Uh, Cinderella. Yep. How about The Pillars of the Earth? That was her first big one, I think. Yeah, and, it sure uh, was. Again, I love that book. Mm-hmm. Miniseries didn't do it justice, but great book. Absolutely. Now, playing... And, and, and your Disney movie. Got to have a Disney movie in there. Uh, oh, additional. Do? Well, Christopher Robin. That's true. She didn't play Agent Carter and Christopher Robin. No, she was not yeah. Agent Carter. That would be weird. It's a good one. You know, that's when we discover out that Christopher Robin is, you know, an arch villain in the MCU universe. Yeah, it's a little weird. Say it's not so. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're going to start writing it right now. Well, we could do that. Next <laughs> is right. uh, the arch villain in the uh, movie, Red, Red Skull, Skull, played by Hugo Weaving. Uh, and now uh, he's been in some great stuff. One of my favorite movies, V for Vendetta. Oh. Oh, that's a good movie. Don't you go Hacksaw Ridge? No, no, no. Oh, yeah. v, v for, for Vendetta. Vendetta. Okay. Uh, he's also in The Matrix Reloaded, of course, The Matrix. And then, of course. You got your Transformers 1 and 2, your mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings and The Hobbits. He's been a lot. He's been in a so, lot of things. I will tell you, the behind-the-scenes number three YouTube video mm-hmm. shows his makeup, how they turn him into the Red Skull, how they do yeah. the as they call negative space with his nose. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. It's yeah. really worth the uh, watch. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the more incredible villains and then really shows up in such a profound way in the, uh, you know, in the as we come to the climax of MCU universe oh, yeah. with Endgame. You know, there he is again. Hydra. Oh, sure. Cut one off, seven more grow. There it is. That's right. Uh, Chester Phillips. Uh, played by Tommy Lee Jones. Colonel. Yes, Colonel Chester Phillips. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Now, we know Tommy Lee from U.S. Marshals, The Fugitive. Personally, ones that we're going to do one of these days, folks. Men in Black 1 and 2, and kind of a cameo Cameo. in 3. You know, we know him for those movies. But we can't go without mentioning no Country for Old Men, one of the most violent movies ever made. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, it's... I got to watch that one? It's rough. It's good. No, I want to watch that one. It's so, really good. So way, way back early 80s, mm-hmm. I don't know why I liked this movie. My mom had it on a VHS tape. Yeah. The park is mine. He, he gets angry about something and literally booby traps and takes over the park. And all I remember is that he had yellow rounds and red rounds. There were blanks and there were real bullets. Mm-hmm. And and I forget what he was trying to stage. I need to go back and watch. I just remember he was incredible in The Park is Mine. I have never way, heard way of that back. movie. That's what happens when you grow up with a VHS player. I did. You didn't. Yeah, well, that came along later, later, you know. Yeah. It was a big deal when we got HBO. I remember <laughs> when we got HBO. Did you have beta? No, huh? we won't go there. Okay, no, sorry. No, no you're just being mean. <laughs> <laughs> you are 10 years older. Well, this is true. Now, playing Howard Stark, uh, who is the father uh, to Iron Man. Iron Man. You know, we got to keep this in perspective. Yep. Is the actor Dominic Cooper. Now, I love Dominic Cooper for, for things like this. He's in Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Uh, he's in The Need for Speed. 
But here's personally my favorite. He's an Abraham Lincoln vampire, vampire slayer. Yeah, Have you ever yeah, seen that movie? No. Oh, it's it's not good. You saw it? Nah, <laughs> yes, I, I have. It. It's not I was going to go good. Hello, Carter, but... Yeah. Yeah, I saw Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter, and I thought, not one we're going to do on Christ yeah, Ball Trans Cinema. It's really not good. Yeah. That kind of movie usually draws me in, and I, I watched it for a while, and I went, yeah, this is not no. good. Got to yeah. turn it off. Uh, playing Dr. Abraham Erskine. Well, that was good. Is Stanley Tucci. Now, he's the one who's going to be the guy who, in essence creates Captain America, mm-hmm. gives him the serum and the like. But he's been in some great movies. The Devil Wears Prada. That's a good one. Uh, most recently, The King's Man. Yep. The Silence. Supernova. Spotlight. He's been in great stuff. He was Caesar Flickman in Hunger Games. Oh. Love it. You Percy always, Jackson. You find roads back yeah. to the Hunger, Hunger. Games, hey, don't you? Anytime we've done the movie already, it's big time. It is. This is he, true. He's getting to be on here a little bit more. How about Arnim Zola is played by Toby Jones, and this is the guy who kind of plays the scientist for Red Skull. Oh, yeah. You know, that's who he is. Uh, He's been in Infamous. Uh, You you can never go wrong when one of your credits is Harry Potter, and it's the Chamber of Secrets. But don't forget Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, we got the Jurassic World there. We got another Christopher Robin. He was in that with uh, Peggy, uh, with uh, yeah. uh, Haley Atwell. Mm-hmm. And he was in the original Hunger Games. That's right. So, you know, another Hunger Games shout out. Another Both little... doctors were in the Hunger yeah, Games. They think... stole them. May have to do another Hunger Games uh, movie don't, down don't the road. Don't be excited like that. Uh, on, we're just teasing with my emotions. You That's what we do. <laughs> Now, oh, one boy. of my favorite characters in the movie, he's not a big character, but Timothy Dum Dum Dugan. <laughs> and he's played oh, by Dum-Dum. Neil McDonough. Now, Neil McDonough plays a tremendous role in the remake of Walking Tall with Dwayne Johnson. He plays oh. the villain, and it is a, that is a good movie. I haven't I mean, seen it. It's a good, it's a That's fun a movie to watch, absolutely. Of course... He's in Yellowstone right now, which is right. just blowing up cable TV. I gotta watch that sometime. I haven't watched it. Have you watched it? I, you know, my wife doesn't want to watch it. it. Yeah, I don't know. And I was going Minority Report. Okay, I get my time cruising. Yeah, that's a good one. Flash. Mm-hmm. I know you like that. Yeah. And Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh yes, but I'm gonna go one better. I'll go. Ready for this? He is a key character in the Band of Brothers, oh. which was done by, I believe, HBO. Yeah, I haven't seen it. And usually... It's usually it's so, pretty big. So what's going to happen is Memorial Day will roll around, and it's going to be on. And it'll be like on the History Channel. Tune in and watch it. That's a good one, huh? Oh, right. my gosh. It is so I'll see well Dum Dum. Yeah, see Dum Dum there. Uh, Jim Morita is played by Kenneth Choi. Now, this is another one of the merry band that works with Captain America. <laughs> but wait for it. What movie is I he know, in? I know. You're going to go right away. Oh, Wolf you know, of Wall no, Street. He's in the Wolf of Wall <laughs> yeah. Street, maybe. He's one of the early adapters with Wolfie. It is just tremendous. Uh, Sons of Anarchy, also 911. Uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Hotel Artemis, yeah. He's all over he's the big. place. And, and again, a side character in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, Gabe Jones, played by Derek Luke. Uh, I like I, him a lot. Now, notice what he's in. He's in some good stuff, too. Friday Night Lights, uh, Antoine Fisher. Uh, oh, Medina Goes to Jail. He's He's got a wide range because you go Friday Night Lights for the football. I was going Glory Road. Glory Road's another one, yeah. The Purge. Oh, That's just kind of vicious. Yeah, that is. And then season two of 13 Reasons Why. This is true. That's the Netflix uh, interesting uh, show for kids not to watch. Absolutely. 
<laughs> it would be one not to uh, watch. And then finally, you know, I just have to throw it out there because he's he's pretty much in every single MCU movie. Nick Fury, and played by yeah. the incomparable Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson. And, uh, He's no more for commercials now than he is movies, I think. Yeah. Well, you know what? He was he was pivotal in the first Kingsman movie. Plays kind of the crazy man who wants to destroy the yeah, world. He was in the Kingsman. Triple uh, X. Love him in The Incredibles 1 and 2. Yeah, absolutely. About, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Hitman's bodyguard. Oh, let's go. And the Hitman's bodyguard's wife. Oh, my. How about Mace Windu? Star Wars 3 and 9. Oh, this is true. Yeah, and he supposedly is coming back. Even though he went out the window, I don't know what they're doing. I've been following this. He's still falling. Mace is coming back. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, still, I, it's still falling with his purple. He survived it. With his purple lightsaber. With his purple lightsaber. He survived the Only fall purple lightsaber. Order 66 or yeah. whatever it is. Uh, yeah. We're going to have to bring in my uh, son-in-law, Dylan, to talk about the purple lightsaber. It's like, what's up with that? Although, you know, in the last one, now she has a, Ray has a yellow lightsaber, and we don't know what that means either, so. All I have to say is, what's in your wallet? Come on, that's what he's known for now, sorry. This is true. Not his dirty mouth. Well, and snakes on a plane. Come on, we have to mention snakes on a plane. So so this is the cast. This is not a little cast. This is a group. Big cast. uh, Great cast. Big name actors and actresses, people who have some... Uh, they have some meat behind the potato here, don't they? Yep. I mean, there's some really good stuff. But again, if you're going to set the stage on the Avengers, you've now gone through the Iron Man movies coming out, and now you're setting out the leader, uh, you know, the, the, the leader of the, uh, of the Avengers, so Captain America. I'm not America. worried about us having to do a spoiler alert with Captain America. Look, if hmm. you haven't seen Captain America, it's your own problem. But... <laughs> Do you recommend people read the chapter of the book before or after they listen to this? Uh, you know what? That's a good thing because I did use this um, in the four. book, chapter four, uh, which is uh, entitled Don't Be a Hero. Uh, okay. No, that's not a spoiler alert yeah. either by any stretch. Uh, but what I find uh, fascinating about this movie is I would say watch the movie. Watch it. It's a great movie. Enjoy the movie. It's a great right. movie because... Of all the movies, this is a throwback in time. You've got to get a character from 1940s America into Avengers 2010. And they do. And they figure out a way to pull it off. They do. Which is tremendous. So the story is real simple. Don't Uh, be late for the date. Yeah. He was. He's not Captain America when this movie starts out. In fact... He's a 98-pound weakling. Oh, there's, a, there's a great scene. Let's see. It's called uh, Steve Rogers Gets Recruited for the U.S. Army. Yeah. It's by MFM Clips. Yeah. It's a scene where he's driving in the taxi with uh, Peggy Carter. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I got beat up behind that building. Oh, I got beat up behind that yeah. bar. I yeah. got beat up in that alley. <laughs> right. And she's like, maybe you should run. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you should develop some other skills. Yes. Uh, but he's a 98-pound weakling, but he stands for justice. He stands for truth. He stands for service. He stands for all the noble qualities that we would uh, aspire to. You, we discover he's a very good guy. Uh, and he keeps trying to uh, volunteer to join the war effort, World War II versus the, uh, the Germans. Hitler. You know, he he wants to do his part. The problem is he's asthmatic, he's flat-footed, he's only 98 pounds, and he's not a candidate. He gets disqualified every single time. That is, of course, until he meets 
Go ahead. I'm waiting. You have like you have a Oh, you're talking about the doc? Yeah, well uh, I was gonna bring in Dr. Erskine. Yeah, Dr. Erskine. Abraham yes. Erskine. That that's where I screwed up. Uh that was his uh, Steve Rogers gets recruited is where yeah. he asked him that question. Yeah. Do you want to kill Germans? And he's like, yeah. Well, I don't wanna I wanna you know, it's basically this it was a great rah rah speech. I got beat up in the alley. Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter was the scene that, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, he's recruited. So he, you know, when Dr. Er- Abraham Erskine says, do you want to kill Germans? <laughs> I love good. that. That's, That's good. good. That's good. And he you goes. got the voices down. And he's like, well, no. You know, he wants to do the right thing. And then he chooses him as the candidate for the Captain America program, the super soldier program. He gets program. to compete in that program. Uh-huh. And Tommy Lee Jones' uh, character. Who is it again? Oh, yeah. The, uh, uh, Tommy Lee, uh, where are you at? Right up there, Chester Phillips, Colonel Chester, Chester Phillips. Colonel doesn't like that pick. No. Not happy with him until well, the grenade scene. Well, because great scene. Dr. Abraham Erskine knows that when they do the super soldier, the good becomes great, the bad becomes worse. It, it, it mm. literally amplifies the goodness or the badness, the righteousness or the unrighteousness, and Steve Rogers, when when they're trying to figure out who's going to be the candidate, and they throw the grenade on the ground, everybody else goes running for the for cover, except for Steve Rogers. You know what? I didn't even think about that. As you're saying, the doc knows the good become better, the bad become. Oh my goodness! Think about how that works in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good call. Well, think about Red Skull. Yep, that's true too. You know that yeah. that that yeah. is, and you know Abraham Erskine is very upfront about that. So lo and behold, they give him the serum. They put him in the uh, in the crazy machine. They hit the buttons. The lights all blow out in Brooklyn, and when it all is over, mm. what do we have? Captain America, Steve Rogers, Super Soldier. I want to be in that machine. You want to, You won't fit in that machine. I won't fit in that machine. <laughs> oh dang! <laughs> oh, no, it's cold. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Imagine what I mean if I could make this scrawny guy that big. Imagine what I do with my with my size. Come You'd on, become gigantor. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it turns it all the muscle, it's that all would good. be good. Just You'd be like the Hulk, reproportionate. You know, I like it. Be like the Hulk. Right. That would be awesome. Well, he becomes the super soldier. You know, and of course. Um, Chester Phillips has his doubts, and he does. Uh, because there's no more serum, because uh, a, uh, a Hydra spy gets in there, shoots Erskine, uh, Steve Rogers chases him on foot, tackles Kills himself, jumps into a submarine, you know, and well, they ain't Steve, stopping Captain America. And Captain America jumps in and punches through the submarine and pulls him out. Guy eats poison and he dies. Well, now you would think that the program is over. Nobody wants to use him. And they're going to use him to sell war bonds. Yeah. Turn him into a glorified actor. But what does Steve Rogers want to do? Kill Hitler. Well, he wants to end the war. End the war. That's and he I mean. wants to do his part. He doesn't want to kill Germans, remember. That's, right. That's always the thing. He wants to help America. So he ends up over in the front. And Bucky Barnes and others are trapped behind enemy lines, being held captive by Hydra. And Steve Rogers, you know, disobeys an order from uh, Chester Phillips, and he goes and he gets the boys with, out with the help of Peggy and uh, really Howard Stark. Yeah, Howard Stark was driving the yeah. or driving it was flying the plane, flying the plane, he drove the plane. Yeah, and now all of a sudden we get the Captain America shield. He becomes Captain oh, America. He's Captain America. So 
we, you know, when, when we think about this, hero. he is a genuine, authentic hero. And, and the approach that I take with this in the book, and I think we can venture down the road today, is always be careful when we deem somebody a hero. Because they come with flaws. They come oh. with problems. They come with aches and pains and heartaches and, and struggles. Even Captain America does. You know, Captain America wants to do the right thing, but sometimes he lacks tack. Sometimes right. he he doesn't follow the orders. Sometimes he puts others in danger, even though he doesn't think he is. Uh, he's the 98-pound weakling. Kind of reminds us of David. You know, if we go mm -hmm. into the Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 17, you know, nobody else wanted to go fight Goliath. Would you have volunteered to fight Goliath? No. No, I probably would not have either. And yet David does. And David charges to the front in the battle, doesn't even let Goliath really get his feet set, and takes him out with a single stone. Well, think about Captain America. You know, he goes into Red Skull's, uh, you know, Hydra's lair and takes basically no on all a Hydra by himself. No yep. fear. No fear whatsoever. Uh, that's heroic, to say the least. And yet, we know the hero isn't always going to succeed. We certainly know David had his flaws. Yeah, he sure did. And mm -hmm. hey, just think when he was waiting there and the, the one secretary kind of starts uh, hitting on Captain America. Next thing you know, he's uh, smooching, smooching. That wasn't good. Not good? No, no. Peggy, he wasn't, he wasn't Peggy, married. Yeah, Peggy Carter wasn't happy about that. Well, no, no. She that's... wasn't happy about that. It was all yeah. about the fondue with, uh, <laughs> I love that. He didn't know what yeah, fondue with Howard Stark. was with Howard yeah. Stark. Howard invited her for fondue, and he's looking at her like, uh, something going on with your new tuna? Yeah. Wait yeah. a second. Not so much. Not yeah. so much. So uh, we fast forward in that a little bit, and we realize we know how this movie is going to go. At least we think we do. The Captain America is going to assume. Yeah, we, we think. We assume. It looks like it's all going to be hunky-dory. Yeah, uh, but it's not. And no. there's risk involved. And when they track down Red Skull and Captain America, you know, in all the great battle in the pursuit, he jumps into the plane and there's the battle in the sky and he vanquishes Red Skull. At least he thinks he vanquishes Red Skull. Spoiler uh, now he's Now he's flying this plane loaded with bombs to blow up American cities. And what does he do? Sacrifices himself. Yeah, he sacrifices it's himself. It's a sad ending. It's a very sad, well, as he crashes into the Arctic Ocean through the ice and plummets to the bottom. And, you know, we look at that and we say that's, you know, we always go, well, there's the Christ figure in the movie. He sacrificed himself. Well, I'm going to give you a difference on that. A Christ figure is one who can vanquish and live. Jesus rises from the dead. He does. You know, he is, I would say, what we would call the heroic sacrificial figure and if we look at scripture there's a lot of those i think of samson oh yeah you know, samson had all sorts of moral failings and failings uh, spiritually speaking and ultimately sacrifices himself Took himself out you know yeah. uh in a lesser way moses is that kind of sacrificial leader uh where he's leading the people and when he gets a little little mad and smacks on the rock with the staff when he's not supposed to ends up not crossing over into the promised land. And we'd say, sacrificial leader. Uh, we see this over and over again. I think we see this in our, in our world today. Uh, oh. look, at, look at a police officer that falls in the line of duty. 
He's a sacrificial person. And at the end of the day, we're still left with somebody who has died. Right. A leader that is no longer there. Um, which causes me to ponder and question when watching a movie like this. What are we asked to sacrifice in life? Where do we sacrifice? What are the moments where we can be heroic or not heroic? Uh, I'm thinking kind of like uh, Paul in uh, 1 Thessalonians, it's chapter 2. Paul writes, But we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know. We had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. Uh, I want you to think about that for a moment. The idea of, is it heroic when we are pushed and prodded, and yet we still stand bold in our faith? Oh, absolutely. I, I Personally, uh, you and I, as called church workers, mm-hmm sacrifice our families for yeah. what we do. You know, my boys were five and three when I was called to come to Jacksonville. Yeah. A thousand miles away from any family. Yeah. Um, it was hard. Selfishly, I didn't want to leave my family, but I truly felt that call, that push, it was unbelievable. I, I literally tell people I was scared. How was God going to send the whale for me if I turned down that call? Because it was just so clear. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was a sacrifice. Yeah, and I'll I'll tell you this. Here, think about it more in the simple. You know, we look at it through the lenses of church workers. We do. But there are times that I think everyday people uh, of faith are called to be heroic. And hmm. when there's a moment that they can either speak faith into a conversation, speak truth into a controversy, And the question is, will they Mm. or won't they? Uh, We've been poked and prodded and beaten by society that we shouldn't talk about politics and religion and the like. Well, I think politics is off the table now because everybody seems to have an opinion and blow each other up on Facebook, news media and the like. But how timid have we become as Christians to simply speak faithfulness into a conversation. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it's To me, it's dumbfounding that if this is the most singular important thing in our life, this is number one. Why are we so remiss in sharing it with others? What, what causes us to pause and not say, well, I believe in Jesus, or I believe that my sins are forgiven? It, it's amazing how... Society has tried to push this live and let live. Everybody can do their own thing. Let's not have a right or wrong. And yet Christianity is this wrong thing that shouldn't be. I mean, I, I don't understand how we can get to a point where there's freedom for people to choose unless you're choosing this. It, It just seems so backwards. And yet it's exactly where our world's taken us. And, and we've lost there. Yeah, consider what Luther considers the power for life. Martin Luther writes, The power of humans is the power by which man gains strength and health according to the flesh, and by which he is able to do the things which are of the flesh. By this power, God completely canceled by the cross of Christ in order to give his own power, by which the Spirit becomes strong and is saved, and by which one is able to do the things of the Spirit. Vain is the help of a man with God we shall do valiantly. Mm. And he says, you know, the power, the strength 
that enables us to speak heroic faith is from God. It's not from ourselves. I hope it's not from us. You know? We haven't, we don't have the strength. Oh, good Lord, we're a mess, aren't we? Absolutely. You know, and look for those opportunities where you can actually be heroic, heroic in your faith and sharing it with another person, heroic in speaking Jesus into a conversation where otherwise his name would never be mentioned. Uh, I think that's the real heroism. Now, Captain America is going to crash this plane. It goes into the into the icy deep, and you think, well, that's a bummer. Captain America so, just died. The scene is uh, Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter. Yeah. Don't you dare be late. And they're talking about that date yeah. and dancing date, and yeah. it's such a beautiful scene. Right. Where he makes the decision. Yeah. And he's heroic. Yeah. Well, it is heroic. But. But. In the end, we think he's dead. But don't worry, it's Marvel Universe, people. We flash forward, and all of a sudden, there he is in a hospital room. And there's a Dodger baseball game playing in the background on the radio. And the nurse comes in to check on him. And then he smells something is amiss. Hey, he goes, why is that on TV? I was at that game. Yeah, he was <laughs> He was at that game. He goes running outside, and all of a sudden, it's 2010 Times Square, Times Square. New York. Whoops. A little, a little scary. A little, Guess what? Uh, now Captain America can join Iron Man and the rest of the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, a little bit different. Love movie making. Um, he was going to be a little bit late for that date with Peggy Carter. He sure was. Yeah. But don't worry. He figures out how to solve that, too, in Endgame. He does. Maybe one of the sweetest endings to one of the most, you know, crazy, over-the-top, you know, uh, action-adventure movie ever made is this incredible, sweet ending. Yeah. Yeah, really beautiful. Which leads us to our question of the day. Uh, What is your heroic moment? When have you stood for faith and for Jesus in the public square? Uh, what gave you the power to speak those words and, and how did you feel that confidence? Now, what if you haven't, if you haven't done so, what prevented you from seizing that opportunity? What was it that caused you to stop and not be heroic in that moment of speaking faith where faith needed to be spoken? I think that's a pretty good place for us to end Captain America, the first yep. Avenger. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a really, it's one of my favorite in the MCU universe. It really does feel like a comic book come to life on the screen. It was excellent. Yeah, it really was. No fear, people. Now, next time, we're going to go a little different angle. Uh, recently. It's our first switch to the schedule. Yeah, first switch of our laid out schedule. Uh, recently, you, Michael, uh, rented a movie theater out, invited a whole gaggle of us to come well, along. No, I didn't. I rented out a movie theater to woo my wife, and she said, you paid how much for this, and we get how many people? Let's invite more people. Yeah, there you go. So, so we all came. We crashed the party. <laughs> it was good. And was good. the movie that we all went to go see was American Underdog, The Kurt Warner Story. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. Thank you for joining us for Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his assistant, Michael Pop. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. <laughs>